ATS people, welcome back to another episode of the One Two Podcast, Football from the Real Boards by myself, Jay, and my usual co-host Dave. Let the people know you're in the building, bro. What's good? What's good? What's good? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Now, yes. before we even get into the drama that's gone down this weekend, I'll just quickly just put a little explanation as to why we missed the last two weeks. Like, to be honest, both of our schedules have been kind of packed. And, you know, it just is what it is. Sometimes we might miss a week here and there. Hopefully you guys can understand. I've been getting a couple of messages here. Had to tell you guys where it is. But after a little two-week spell, we're back again this week. Back with a bang. There's only one place you can start. There's only one place you can really start. It is the North London Derby, Arsenal versus Spurs at the Emirates. Yes, sir. The big game. I don't know about you. Probably the same, but in any season, like, it's that cliche, like, when the fixtures come out, you look to when the North London Derby is, like, obviously the home home one's a bit more personal. Like, you really want to win that more as opposed to, like, the away one. But obviously, it's been a bit different with the whole fan not in the crowd situation, as well as just how our seasons have gone, kind of, like... Arsenal have had up and downs. One minute we're down in the dumps, next minute we're flying. Obviously, Spurs have been the same. I, I suppose their one's been a bit more longer. As I suppose they've they won a really good streak when they're like top of the league, being practically everyone that they faced. And then recently, over like the winter, there's been a bit more turmoil. With obviously the whole bail situation, they had injuries to Son and Kane, or just Kane, and stuff like that. But yeah, they've seemed to pick up some form using the Europa League as like a confidence boost. And in the league, they've not. I think it's fair to say they've not faced many challenging opposition, so they've seemed to got to get by pretty smoothly. And Arsenal, we've been. I don't even know how to describe our form really because one minute like. Like I was saying, one minute we're flying. It's come, our one's come in like more extreme patches. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. Like you get, I don't know, a seven game stretch where it's just wins, maybe a little draw in the middle. Mm. Then you get a seven game stretch where it's just losses. Yeah. And it's just, it's little stuff like that, really. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely hear where you're coming from. You know, as you said, the North London Derby is always the big game we, we always look forward to. Um, especially this one in particular because um, it's obviously at the Emirates mm. Arsenal tend to have a good record there you know Spurs have only won once I believe once in like 25 games there you know we've seen some of the poorer Arsenal sides during these times at the Emirates but for some reason they, they, they do turn it up when it comes to obviously because it's a derby so that's probably the reason but yeah when it comes to derby day form goes out of the window and they tend to turn it up and the same could be said for yesterday because I'll be real coming into the game yesterday I was I was confident but I wasn't confident I was confident in the sense where I'm buying, I'm riding on hope that it is a derby day so literally form goals out the window but this is where you know Kane's banging Son's banging now Gareth Bale's banging so it looked like Spurs were creeping onto a bit of form and it's not to say Arsenal were not on form because they were hmm. It's just that I would say like the last two months, Arsenal have exactly been poor. They've just been quite unlucky with a couple of decisions, with a couple of goals that they conceded. The type of goals, I mean, again, we were lucky enough not to 
<laughs> run a podcast on like definitely last week mm. because the calamitous goals that were being conceded it's just like you look at someone like Arteta and it's like he will hold the heat for it we've been, we've been saying this mm. like Arteta will still hold the heat for something like that mm. which has been happening the whole time anyways but he will still hold the heat for something like that yeah and that's not that's out of his jurisdiction there's nothing you can do about that because it's just a dumb goal to concede and, do you want to touch on yeah, that so, more with like the um, the playing out from the back thing Alright, yeah, yeah, we might as well, you know, because mm. um, it happened more than once. It's not like it was a one-off thing. Like yeah. It happened more than once, so it's enough for us to adjust, to adjust it, even if it's long gone. Now, I'll give my take on it. Mm. Um, my take is probably different to the masses, but yeah. So, right, so I saw everyone, I think the two people who were uh, culprit for it were Danny Sabayas against Olympiacos mm. and Xhaka against Burnley. Mm. Now, I've seen them two hold all the heat. And rightly so, because at the end of the day, it's your mistake which cost the goal. Yeah. Like, whatever may have led up to it can be debated, which I will debate. But ultimately speaking, you was the one who was at the end of that mistake which led to the goal. So cool. I'm, I'm happy for them to hold any criticism, any heat. What I have an issue with is... I feel like people are letting Leno get a bit scot-free mm. and I'm yeah I feel like they're letting him get a bit scot-free because I'm thinking I get it I know Arteta has installed this system of playing out from the back try avoid going long at all times make sure you play from the back this is how they want to you know build up their play and stuff like that I, I completely understand that mm. what the issue I have is do that most of the time but if you see a man is got three, two, two guys around him. Mm. You're the only one you can see it. Now I know, I know Xhaka and I know Sabias were calling out for the ball and saying, "Yeah, pass me the ball." But this is where, this is where I got to look to certain fans and I have to say, you need to actually have played football a couple times yeah. to have a judgment on a couple things. Because yeah. someone like me, I know for a fact there's been many times in the. Uh, real life game situation where I've I'm aware that there's a couple guys around me but I will still ask for the ball I will, you know you show for you don't want to hide away for certain situations yeah. like that because when you hide away it then leaves Leno in a more stickier situation mm-hmm. and he starts overthinking he would do something even more dumb yeah. so he's showing for it and that's cool that's something I would do as I said with Leno he can actually have a good vision of how close these people are Maybe Xhaka is aware or maybe Sabayas is aware there's people around him but not that close where it's literally a one-touch thing and mm. then boom, you can't even play it back up. Mm. So, yeah. So, there was, when he done the pass, that the one issue I had was uh, be aware of the people around him. And it's like, as I said, you Leno has a good vision of it. And then two, the weight of the pass. Yeah. If you're going to do that kind of pass, make sure it's short and snappy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was a proper slow pass. But it was slow enough for the guys around Jacob, the guys around Tobias to, come to make up that ground. Exactly. Yeah. So on the grand scheme of things, I think it's a 50-50 blame. Leno takes it and either Tobias or Jacob, depending on the situation, takes it. I don't when people are debating who's more to blame, I genuinely think it's a 50-50 thing. You know, it, it's happened, you move on. Ultimately speaking, if Arsenal want to get to places, we shouldn't be relying on such fine margins mm. like this. 
But then this goes back to my point earlier that they were quite unlucky. In that Burnley game, so un- I don't know how Arsenal didn't score in that last 10-minute period. Yeah. Hit the post twice, it's done. Yeah, exactly. Penalty equals, but I'll let you, I'll let you. To be honest, I completely, completely, completely agree with you. The blame, you can't solely put the blame on one, on one party because like you said, Leno, that you were saying with the football example, unless you're like Messi or Ozil and you have like super, super awareness... You always, you always believe like the way you position your body. You always believe that you have time in your head to touch the ball, control, and like turn around, which they obviously attempted to do. But there's no way in hell you're going to be able to anticipate them, like the pressure that they put on you. And like you were saying, the way Leno is positioned, he's the one looking like forwards. He doesn't have his back to goal per se, so he can see that. At least even just using his peripherals, that maybe. Um, I forgot the guy. Was it Chris Wood? Maybe he's not standing like marking Xhaka like that close to him. But he's seeing that just a couple steps. If I put this pass into Xhaka wrong or just that margin of error, if that happens, the goal's the goal's done. And even the way that happens, Chris Wood still then hit the ball into an open goal. At least with the um the Olympiacos one, he had to do a bit of dribbling, like he shot shot the ball around the two players, whatever. That's that's fair enough. But to, to pass the ball that c- close out to your box and away from your goal and you're not even having the like the time to get back I think it was very unfair mm. again I'm not taking the blame away from Jacques and Tobias because like I'm saying they're calling for the ball they as midfielders they should be able to take uh, a touch so um, could you repeat that last like 10 seconds it was glitching out oh yeah just saying I was just saying about um, how yeah. yeah it wasn't Leno it was obviously totally to like he has part of the blame, but the midfielders like Sabas and Jacka, they should be able to control the ball and like have time to turn or at least make a make a, a pass that is not not as risky as, as they should like try to make the safer pass. Because they both on the slow moves, you can see they both well Jacka looked up and saw that I don't know who's gonna pass to the left back, but it just seemed as if he swung at it because he put it in like yeah. a perfect height. For like Chris Wood just to not even he didn't even need to really gesture towards the ball. It kind of just hit off him. Whereas if you play yeah, that on yeah. the floor, he has to react with his feet, he may miss kick, or if you play it higher, it's like above his head or whatever. And then Tobias, he just tried to do his It's just lack of care. playing with fire, really. 100%. And it's like, especially with the Bernie one, I vividly remember there was I can't remember who it was, but there was someone out on the right, and then there was David Louise out on the left. Mm-hmm. I feel like both of them had a bit more space. And again, as I said, if not, just go along. Like, there's no issue in going along once out of the whole 90 minutes that's the, or maybe twice. That's the thing. That's what I also wanted to say. We Not only did we score the first goal throughout playing from the back, so this business of playing up from the back doesn't work. He's not he's not putting a gun to his head and saying, you cannot kick the ball long at all. Because in the Tottenham game, obviously that's after, but we saw him kick it long. I'm pretty sure in the Burnley game, he must have at least once. Like, it's that kind of... It's that judgment. Yeah. Just look to make the close pass. But if you can see that they're applying pressure, because that's the thing. These teams then realise, it's like a, even you can hear the commentators talking about it. Like They sense like the, I don't know, like... Anxiousness. Uh-huh, the anxiousness, like the the tension like building within the back line. So they press high, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. The, a, a benefit of that is that they bring their attacking players forward. You put the ball long. There's, I suppose, less people as as usual as obviously what Arteta is trying to like avoid. Like, 
you don't want to take the ball long and there's midfielders, there's attackers all back standing waiting for it. So yeah, that's 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 playing out from the back from my opinion. Just it's all yeah, about risk assessment really. Yeah, and all about like adding context to it as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just don't blindly play at the back. Definitely. But yeah, that just goes out to many of the debates that are going out there. I just I genuinely think it was a 50-50 team mm. and we just move in it because it hasn't happened too tough. Obviously, it's happened like in a hurry in the last couple of weeks, but previous to that, it wasn't really happening too tough. So don't make a big deal about it now. Yeah. Obviously, it's happened. We moved. Exactly. But yes, without further ado, we'll get on we'll get back onto the game now yeah as I said coming into that um, game I wasn't really too confident yeah we've gone over that all now. so yeah it started off well mm. you know Arsenal were on that front foot and it just it felt like one of them games where they're just gonna run out winners mm. it was that one and where it's like we're, we're having shots on goal they're not really attacking but yeah it's just like you come with that energy mm. so um, yeah it started off well and I think the Son injury changed it. Mm. Now, it didn't change it anything for like the way the game went, like physically or literally. More to the point where I feel like Arsenal then gained a bit more confidence from that, mm. knowing that Spurs would then be weakened. Because obviously, one of their main threats has just gone within what the first 18 minutes, or was it? Mm-hmm. And then Lamella came on. Now, I saw Lamella coming on for. I thought I had mixed feelings about it because I thought Lamella has always been that little like git. You mm. know, he's, he's one of those players where like if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him. Just for his off the ball antics that he would do, and especially in a derby game like this, it's intensified about ten times more. Mm. So I always I felt like a player like him coming on could do a little damage in that kind of mm-hmm. sense. But boy, I didn't I did not foresee I did not foresee what was about. <laughs> it's funny because you know when I go yeah. with him, I wasn't even mad. Yeah, you, you just have mad. to like. I was more like, oh, how could you how could you let him do that to you? But I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, no way is that just yeah. Happened. It looked mad fake. That was literally mad fake. Like I'm, I've seen goals where it's like it's mad, but I can believe it, and you just accept that maybe it was a nice little dip in the wind. Mm or took a deflection or something like mm. that. My man, not only, it wasn't even like it was, a, them type of Rabona, if we're gonna, if we're gonna look at it a bit deeper, mm. them type of Rabonas are hard yeah. because the ball was coming against him. Yeah. So you have to hit that perfectly. Yeah. And he not only hit it yeah. perfectly, well, I was just finished, he not only hit it perfectly, I don't know if you noticed, but he added a little swerve mm. to it. It's like it curled around um, yeah. Leno. But then to just to just add the salt to the wound, it went through parts of yeah. leg. Like, oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I obviously I'm not saying uh, Lamella's been on this Rabona thing. Like, he's that's his that's his thing. He doesn't really have a great weak foot. One more Rabona, and we might just call it the Lamella. Yeah, literally, it could it could get a name change because he did one against some Europa League team a couple of years ago, and he mm. he does a couple of Rabona cross here and there, but. I think with a Rabona, like even like when you just try when you're playing out, it's almost all all the time you kick it like underneath the ball, like you kick it up, yeah. because the way you're naturally move, you're when you swing your leg round, it kind of goes underneath the ball and then lifts up. 
this guy did it on the floor like you're saying had the little outward spin to curl around it was like he was destined to go in as soon as he kicked it and that's the thing the pass that was into him was obviously just not on his on his favorite um on his left foot so he just he just um on his wait on his, on, it was on his weak side, basically. The pass was that like, away from him, so it's kind of like he had to improvise. But if literally, if he, like that was the point. yeah, literally, literally, because I was like you're saying, it's not that if he had done it and maybe skimmed the post. Because even when I saw it, I was thinking, cool, like nice attempt going to Leno's arms, or whatever. It's not even like that deep. Like oh, he just he just did what he could. Like obviously, it's a bit bit annoying, but anyway, it's just a, it's a chance. But the fact it. Anyway, like if if hypothetically Arsenal lost that game, that would have been a Hall of Fame goal. That would be legendary. I'm, like it, it, it still is. Yeah. You you look at it and say it's an amazing mm. goal, but the fact that they lost, the fact that he ended up getting sent off, which will obviously get down further down mm. the line, just really just taints that goal. But my lord, what a goal that was! Like I couldn't believe yeah. that. That's definitely goal. This <laughs> funniest thing is I was. But the whole like obviously it was in Mother's Day big up all the mums out there I was watching it with her and I was as soon as he came on I was like just bare like, I was actually going at him and I was like this guy he doesn't even he comes on Mourinho he doesn't even like play football remember the Amazon documentary thing the Be The Intelligent um, cunts thing whatever bit, bit much but yeah Lamella literally when Lamella must have heard that his eyes must have lit up he said I'm just, I'm the man for the job he came on like little niggly fouls here and there just like kind of getting their heads like he was trying to wind up Xhaka he was on Tierney like you could just see him putting in but then like I was saying he chose he, as commented he chose um, came on chose violence and then committed the crime <laughs> I was like Jesus but yeah that goal was and then the thing is is when you could see them type of goal yeah. I'm really looking at you Arsenal player and I'm thinking are you a man yeah. a man would not have that mm-hmm. yeah not even trying to be that, that kind of like guy but it's just yeah. like this type of stuff which happened which you just simply will not accept yeah. exactly like if it was just a normal goal I'm not saying they should accept a normal goal especially on a derby day but you know it is what mm. it is for him to do that He's violating yeah. you. That's a violation. He's taking a piss. He's saying, I'm toying with yeah. you guys on Derby yeah. Day. And I'd even start. So, <laughs> literally. Even start. Ah, I can't believe that. No, goal, it's man. actually mad. I'm just, imagine if it actually meant something. That would have been killer. That would have been But, yeah. So, after that, Arsenal just carried, because the thing is, to be honest, Spurs literally bar that goal. Niche, they didn't have any attack of no. Mm, yeah. Like they were sitting back deep. They were letting us come onto them. And that was just a female throughout the first half. So it was just a thing where I think we even hit the bar like a couple minutes before that with a Mill Smith. That shot was a beauty. Oh my God. He he had an amazing game overall. Yeah. And yeah, everyone just continued it uh, forward. Sorry to interrupt. Even on that, like the them sitting back, the reason Son really got injured. Obviously, they do warm ups, whatever. But if he's just sitting back, like constantly, just like kind of on his toes, just like pressing, whatever. But on the whole, he's not really like in attacking play. As soon as you put that ball over and he has to sprint at full speed, the first time he's done it in twenty minutes, like a muscle injury of that sort is bound to happen because it's like Mm. going from zero to one hundred so quickly. So. 
there you go. That's yeah, look, that's, look. That's yeah, damn, messed up my my FBO, but you know, it's it's a bittersweet feeling. Hundred, hundred. But um, so yeah, after that, just literally, the game went back to how it was before constant Arsenal attacks and everything. And then before we even get onto the goal, we're talking about Matt Doherty. He had a sting. He was getting yeah. ripped up. Like. It was getting. It, it was one of them games where he should have got subbed off at half time. Mm, definitely, and it's not even a, on a thing of like. That's the thing. I don't know whether he is just not really like good enough because at Wolves, it's 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 not hard to say that if there was gonna, he's not like the most worth. He wasn't the like most expensive or moment He's not their most valuable player, for example. Like he's not on like Jota levels and stuff like that, but. Him going to Tottenham technically is a good signing in terms mm. of like a right back in the league, but he's had a tough time this season. Even even there was, I think he got a red card earlier on. I thought that was Mourinho done with him. He's had red cards, he's had injuries, yeah. and he's just had very poor performances. And he's just getting he's, he's so such a liability on that right side. On that right side, with all due respect, he's just a. A perfect example of a player who thrives in a specific system. Uh-huh, exactly. And, a, and that specific system might just have made him look a lot better than he actually is Definitely. when he's pulled up. And it's unfortunate because when he came to Tottenham, I always thought that he, I always thought he was lacking a bit defensively, mm. but it didn't really matter Wolves because he was in a back three. Yeah. Well, he was in a back five. That's so, the right room. So back. he was a yeah so his defensive responsibilities were not too high in comparison to in a normal back four so i thought that someone like Mourinho would i don't know show him up a bit defensively yeah. give him a bit of tutoring or stuff like that considering what he's done with previous right backs like Zanetti mm. like Ferreira yeah. like um all these other guys so i thought you know what you might you do a little something there show him up defensively but this has just gone so wrong and yeah, today's, I mean, no, not today, sorry, last night's game, sorry, last night at the time that we're recording this now, uh, was probably his worst game in the Spurs shirt and he was just getting toasted, put on toast, sorry, roasted on that left-hand side, well, left-hand side for Tierney, right-hand side for him mm-hmm. and it was epitomised in that goal. Tierney, when Tierney does that drop of the shoulder, then just leaves, man. It's like you know what's coming, yeah. and you still can't stop Definitely. it. Yeah, that's 100%. Literally. Literally, it's the, it's the ones where it's like, I don't know what it is with defenders. Is it, do you think it's that they they just second guess it? Like they think, yeah, maybe I've got I've got him for pace, yeah. or like I'll let him go, but I'll catch up. Because it's actually peak. Like as soon as he, yeah, like you're saying, he drops shoulder, he's gone. And it's like not even. The funny thing about, hmm. the funny thing about Tini's one is, the way he drops it, it really doesn't look like he's about to just yeah. dust them. Definitely, his but he always does mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's like he, when he drops his shoulders, it's so static and a bit slow and laggy. Yeah, but he just always makes it happen. Because he not not no offense to him, but he does seem a bit like a bit stiff in terms of like he's not like a Mares Defo. or like a you know these silky wingers where it's like their shoulders could be moving anywhere and anywhere. Like it's actually but. Tini's acceleration and speed off the mark is insane. Because he can just he's like he can just do a kick and run where he just puts it past you and it's not even like a matter of is the defender gonna get the ball? I'm getting the ball first, type of thing. 
and then he's got he's always got the delivery like it's it's like his when he's sprinting it almost in his mind he's like slowing down and like sometimes he doesn't really need to pick out anyone this time he did because he pulled it across the box to um, or did it i think yeah he t- like took to more the penalty area as opposed to like in front of the face of goal and you know the rest of history put in by martin yeah. odegaard and then yeah, then we came up for the second half. Uh, came up for the second half. Mm. And I felt like yeah, the second half was pretty much like you can't really add too much onto it. It was pretty much an uh, just a continuation of what was going on in the first half. Yeah. Then boom, 64th minute, I believe it was. Davison Sanchez's bowls old gene kicked in again. Yes, like that guy is just with all due respect, he was just so calamitous. Mm. Even even like, the ball at did was it? Him that put, played the ball out, or was it Lloris? You know the one to like that Pepe intercepted. I think it was. I think it was um, Lloris. Still, yeah. I think he like just kind of panic cleared it. What a ball by Pepe! Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because he no. he definitely he didn't really panic. Like he he just played it into Lacazette's path, and he got absolutely clattered. Do you know what? Before we even get onto this, now you've mentioned Lacazette. It's uh, brought couple memories because obviously we're running off the top of our head right now mm. no scripts right now so um about Aubameyang oh uh, yeah quickly because yeah I've, I've had my thoughts in about I'll, I'll let you drop your thoughts on the situation first because it's been a bit obviously now the results kind of gone Arsenal's way mm, that's the thing People just kind of yeah but prior to it there was a big little division do you know what in terms of like going into the game like before I heard anything I didn't. With squads, I'm I'm more of like a. I'll just trust the manager. I'm not there in the training sessions. I'm I don't know his tactics or whatever. But if Abamyang was to be left out for whatever reason, whether it's tactics or resting or da da da, I wouldn't have had too much of a problem. Only because I've seen what Lacazette has done in these bigger games, like what's he against United, Chelsea. Um, everyone. Everywhere, right, literally, he's like a big game player, and that's maybe people get onto him for his lack of finishing but in them big games I can I've, I've got a goal for every for almost every other game if if not every game so yeah lack is at starting is not really a problem for me I know what's going to be in behind them but I wasn't actually watching the the, the build up I'm looking on Twitter I'm seeing okay lack is at not starting fair enough but I'm seeing something like he's been late or he's this and that like that's but the thing with Twitter is like there seems to be always seems to be guys like that know the squad before it's even even thought about. It, never mind release. Yeah, hella itk. Uh-huh. So I'm so I'm hearing like just just random shit. So it's just kind of hard to like actually believe certain stuff because it, it was also linked to like the whole Martinelli thing. Like, is Martinelli like he's at the training ground, oh, yeah, but what... he's left out because of family reasons or someone? Do you know what's so funny? Someone said, um, ah. Oh. Rumor has it Martinelli's in Domingo because he posted that story. Bam! <laughs> I can't remember what day. My Spanish is a bit off, mm. but it's a day in the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I mean? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Just... Exactly. I'm just saying he's in Sunday, bro. Man, I'm just making these assumptions. You're not even coming correct. That isn't. Sun said he's in Sunday. That's the thing, and you get a couple of retweets, and people are believing you. So that's the thing, like. It was it was hard to believe, but then I, then I'm hearing he said it live, and you know the little interview that he does before I'm sitting, and I'm thinking like, is he just saying that just to get an excuse? Like, 
because Arteta, is, he's done some crazy tactical decisions and he'll come and just say, no, nah, it's tactical or I can't really say too That's much. That's what I, I like about Arteta. Mm-hmm. He, he will just stand by his point. He doesn't backtrack. He doesn't like beat around the bush. He says, I did this and what? This is what exactly. it is. We're not going to disclose it. We move. Yeah. That's, the, thing with, the thing is, as a fan that obviously wants to be all-knowing and all this and that, I, I completely hear that there's certain stuff that I'm just not privy to. I'm not going to be able to be privy to, or maybe I shouldn't be. Because I was also thinking, this is another side point, like an all or nothing for Arsenal. I don't know how I would actually react to it because it's kind of like knowing too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather, I'd rather like think Martinelli's been kept out because he's um, being looked after for injury, like. Just, but the, the f- sorry, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. That last what 20 seconds glitched uh, out again. I was saying, just yeah, if you can repeat. That. I was just saying, like with with Arteta's decisions and stuff like that, is that I know that I'm not gonna be like privy to everything. Like I know I'm not gonna kind of understand certain stuff because obviously I'm not there day to day. But one mm. thing I don't like is I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like the vagueness of it. Sometimes in the pre-matches on on his press conference, he's quite like resolute. Like, yeah, Saliba's not been out. Saliba's not playing because I don't think he's good enough. Whatever, which is however brutal it is, this is what it is. But and then I suppose to him, he did say like he was out for disciplinary issues. Like it's a bit vague. Like he's out, but he's not. He's not like he's been dropped only. He's not just. He's not like out of the squad. Is he gonna get subbed yeah, on? Think- da, da, da. Where it was, you're right. You're right. It's broad. And what I was thinking is, is it just where it ended up being, lateness, or was it something deeper? Mm. I don't know, like a, a argument between the players or something along them lines. Um, so the word disciplinary issues, hell of it. Yeah. What I will say is, because it's Mikel Arteta, um, because, of he, because he's done this a lot recently, and not even recently, during his time as Arsenal manager, full stop, mm. There's that kind of trust there. That's the thing. Where I, I feel a bit more comfortable to drop something like that now than if you dropped it, I don't know, a year prior in what uh, March yeah. last year. So I definitely feel that's the case. And I just, what I didn't like is when people were getting, even when they found out it was disciplinary issues, they were getting onto Arteta and saying, oh, why has he dropped the captain? On the big game, the whatever. Number one goal, Scott. I'm thinking, but... When we had a Unai Emery, when you had a, potentially you could say Arsene Wenger, mm. and they used to, you know, respectfully get trampled over by some players, and some players used to run the dressing room and stuff like that. Exactly. And then you'd you'd start asking why are Arsenal not moving like a serious club? Exactly. Now you've got your wish. Ex- oh, yeah, so. Exactly. So is he supposed to be like, you know what? You've been late. For example, let's go with the late example. You've been late this and the amount of times. Like I've told you, but you know what? Because you're so good and because you're my captain, I'm just gonna let you play today and I get as a reward. Like, what's the what's the point? Like, how sort of message does that send out? Ex- exactly. And people telling me, oh, he's um, he's out of his depth or all of this. It was just to be fair. It was just another Crazy, excuse man. to to bash him. And I'm seeing stuff like, oh, I'm 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 just here to remind you guys that. I'm the one that said that Arteta is stunting the growth of um, Martinelli or he's stunting the growth of Reese Nelson and he's just getting too big for his boots, not playing a Bamiyang when he doesn't want to. I'm thinking, there's also, I think with people like that is, are you trying to take pride in 
just oh. saying something first. Have I cut out? Oh, yeah, we're here, we're here, we're here. Yeah, I was just saying Tell how me. people, like, taking pride over, like, calling out Arteta, like, uh, from early, like, saying, yeah, I'm the one that said that he's stunting so-and-so's growth or I'm the one that said he's he's out of his depth because he's not playing in Bamiyang, da-da-da. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just another excuse to bash bash him, to be fair. Well, yeah, no, I just want to take your thoughts on that quickly. Um, but, yeah, no, so... Uh, Sanchez gave away the penalty and yeah, one of his balls or moments done what he done coolly dispatched by Alexandre Lacazette yeah. and um, ultimately speaking the game was pretty much still done Suter signed Suter David from then mm. I think obviously further down the line Lamella got his red card um, I believe Lucas came on or he might have been on prior but he had a little stint in that last 10 minutes where he was causing a bit of damage and Spurs hit the post and it's a bit of a nervy yeah. end, you know. It's never, it's you're never gonna get an easy ride when you watch Arsenal <laughs> defend their lead. Definitely not. But overall, deserving winners from Arsenal. Now, what I gotta ask you: so Who's your man of the match? It's, uh, do you know what? It's a, it's a difficult one because, like, this was the hardest call for man of the match for me personally definitely. in a very long time. Very long. Do time. you know what? Do you know what? It's obviously like a blessing because that means everyone's played well. Everyone's doing their playing their part type of thing. It's easy to go with the goal scorer like is that because of the big moment, like obviously he dispatched a penalty, but no, I'm not I'm not really in all of that. I'm gonna give it to or I felt it was Smith Rowe. I've just seen that he's been given the Arsenal one, which is a coincidence. But yeah, I think it was Smith Rowe because like I'll, on that left hand side, oh my god. You know what? I was I was doubting him. I was a big, big I think I don't know what game he played it like that first, but there was one of the games where I was like, "Oh no, have we? Have, is this is this an example for just us force, forcing?" I think it was Newcastle. Yeah, forcing Erdegaard in. Just like Smith Rowe's kind of been outcasted. Like he's in the team, but he's been outcasted. Like, is he going to stunt his growth? Da, da, da. Bro, I was proven wrong. I know he had a bit of injury issues. Like first game, I mean, like a couple of games before, like he didn't really travel too well, but. Yeah, he's back and he was causing absolute damage. Bro, on that left-hand side, like, when I say he's a Halen, mm. I, I, this he's the one, I, Hleb is the one who I see as best to compare, compare yeah. with. Obviously, bar the aesthetics such as the low socks, mm. the blacked-out boots, the long-sleeve shirt, bar that, I'm actually seeing a lot of Alexander Hleb in this mm. guy, especially on that left. It was... You know, you, I said I saw it down when he was in the middle, but as I said, on that left hand side yesterday, the bursting runs, the silky dribbling, like Emil Smith Rowe has changed Arsenal's season. He's been a breath of fresh air this season, but I felt like yesterday was a big statement performance. Mm, definitely, a big statement performance from him. My personal man of the match, see, is hard because I, I want to say Emil Smith Rowe mm. so bad. The thing is, I, I said it in my group chat. Um, no one in the Arsenal team was below an eight. Yeah. So, you know, if anyone didn't get a mention, it's like, like literally on my page, I could have made so many posts, but I thought, let me not, because I'm not trying to air that. Oh, <laughs> Bias. Bias. <laughs> well, yeah. They love that one, man. They absolutely love that you one. You know, like that, man. But shout out to David Louise at the mm-hmm. back. Absolutely rock solid. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like literally there's not much more I can say about yeah. him defending everything, putting his head there. You look at Gabriel, yeah. absolute rock. You look at that block from him to and in the last oh, stage. That of the block match. was big time. The one of the line. Now, one thing I one player I do want to discuss. He was strongly potentially my man of the match. I can't lie. Mm-hmm. Uh let's talk Mr. Granite Jacko, mm. who I know you're not a big fan of. So that's coming. why we're going to adjust it. You know <laughs> Let's go. I'm talking specifically yesterday, though. I mean, we, we can dabble on in his recent form, but specifically yesterday. You know what? I've, I've said this a lot on times out here. There's certain positions where it's like, the attackers, I need to be seeing you. I need to be seeing you on the ball. I need to see you, I need to see you creating stuff, like scoring or assisting or whatever. With like, as you move further back, it's kind of like a thing. I don't really want to notice you too tough unless you obviously are playing amazingly. And you know what, Granit Xhaka, I didn't, I didn't really notice him type of thing. And that's not, that's not in a rude way, honestly. That's like a good thing that mm. like he's doing his job, completing his passes. Because if he's, if he's failing passes or he's giving away the ball, that's when you start to think, oh shit, what's this guy doing type of thing. It's yeah, just that, yeah, it's just yeah, that yeah. keeping the, the, the flow going. Yeah, flow, uh-huh, yeah. Exactly. That's what I like. Because some, some stats that I have a bit of a problem with is the like, the successful passing only because. He's not he's not doing like long ranges every every two minutes. Do you know what I mean? So you didn't think so? Do you know what? I I, I knew he was okay. I knew he was spreading out to the left definitely because Smith Rowe and um, Tini were getting it to feet quite a lot, which I did like. But mm. it's it's ones where it's like if you do fail that, then it's I don't know. Right, what I was saying on the Jacko is you already know my feelings mm. on Jacko. I'm hundred percent not his biggest yeah. fan. And um, what I will say, ever since I did, started the footballist, I proper detached my feelings away from players. Unless you'd have to proper piss me off for me to say, you know what, I'm sticking by my agenda. Yeah. I don't mess with this guy. Exactly. I proper detached myself from all that jazz. So watching him yesterday, I can't lie, that was definitely his best performance of the season for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I feel like it was one of his greatest performances in an Arsenal show. And I'll say it because... Some of the tackles I saw from this guy, and I'm thinking, you, you're one player who's been known for your long passing, um, just keeping the ball flowing, but your tackles have been on and off during your whole Arsenal mm. career. I've never looked at Jacques and said, yeah, I can rely on this guy to put in a solid tackle, and I can rely on, if guys are coming onto him, I can rely on him to put a foot in, and more times out of 10, get the ball back or retrieve possession. Mm. But yesterday, what I saw from him defensively, it was unreal. Like, I'll be real, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Some of the tackles I was seeing, perfect. The ball recovery is perfect. And I will always look back to that tackle against Dohi in like, the latter stages of the yeah. game. It wasn't just a slight tackle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that ball went out of the stadium. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I felt that ball in my garden down in <laughs> South London. Like, <laughs> that was a tackle and a half. So defensively, I thought he was rock solid. I didn't think he played any, uh, what do you call, def- line-breaking passes like mm. that. But I thought like it was better than his usual um, stuff. But what I really noticed about him, I don't know if it was just me, like just properly had an eye on him because I don't know. Maybe some players might stand out for me in like the first 10 minutes, then I've just got my eye on him for the rest mm. of the game. But his endurance yeah. was unreal. Yeah. 
Like he was, I, I noticed a couple times where he was literally in the defensive area, obviously where Arsenal start their play and build up from the back as per usual. Because obviously he's one of the um, earlier ones. Obviously that's how he got caught up in that Bernie situation anyway. Because mm. He's literally in a centre-back position, ready to start, start deep. the building up from the back. Yeah. So he started it. And I noticed a couple of times, obviously, the ball got lost in possession. He's chasing it in the striker areas. And I'm thinking, what is Xhaka doing there? Yeah. Like, obviously, I know he, there's probably a party to cover him or something like that. But it's like, what are you doing there? And he's literally chasing them. He's chasing them. I'm thinking, where's this energy come from? Because I've noticed it a bit in recent games. And it really stood out yesterday. But... Yeah, shout out to his fitness, shout out to his defensive um, responsibility. And yeah, that's it, really. And it's, again, like, I've never really been a, a fan of Xhaka like that, but what I saw yesterday proper caught me off guard. And obviously, if we see that more on a consistent basis, then, boy, I, I don't want to say nothing too wild, but we'll just keep that. Hmm, <laughs> definitely. Because you know what? That's the thing. Like I, like I do say, I, I do not have a problem with Xhaka's football in the Billy. Like, I know that he does have the capabilities of controlling games, playing the correct pass at the right time. Sometimes he's got a, a last minute tackle or a, it doesn't have to necessarily be last minute, but he's got a big tackle in him. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not them agenda type guys. The only, per, the yeah, only yeah, person yeah. maybe is William, but that's a, that's a different story. He's, he's, he's fixing up. Boy, we might, yeah, I was, was going to say, in, since we last on our podcast, he's, <laughs> he's He's fixing up. Kind of switched it up. I think know. he's realised I'm here. I'm here now, so I may as well do my thing. You know. <laughs> yeah. But man. yeah, I'm so I'm, it's not an agenda thing. It's just I, I don't want to get caught up in the normal like Jack is doing this and that. No, I hear what you're saying as well. Because I think if it was because the thing about Jacko is when he's in these big games, regardless of what I feel throughout his whole Arsenal career, one thing I can put my chest, put my neck on the line and say is. In the big games, he's always mm-hmm. turned up. Uh, in games against United, City, um, Tottenham, you can always, you look back at those games, you always see Xhaka's actually put in a solid performance and he hasn't really put mm-hmm. a foot wrong. In the big games, it's usually these little games where he tends to make his little blunders or his mess ups. But in the big games, that's always been the case. It's when the concentration is off or it's not as high as, which I understand as a fan, but as a footballer, mm. there's not really many excuses. Like you have to go into every game, the same level of concentration, that's the same thing. level of focus all the time. That's the thing. Like, so yeah, he always turn up in those big games. So that's something I will never really diminish mm. him for. But um, if he put in one of them performances, just if I was put on a scaling, he usually puts in a solid eight in mm. these big games. I feel like yesterday he put in a near yeah. enough ten, which is why I actually had to feel like I actually felt like I had to mention something about the mm. performance but that's the thing with Jacko. it's like if he did one of them I would have kind of let it slide because praising Xhaka is a yeah, risky thing definitely. I can't lie but as I said yesterday I felt like I, I had no um, option but to but praising Xhaka is a risky thing because he's got this in him as I said he can do this in a big game and then he will do something mm. dumb like I, I I respect him and regardless of what happens at Arsenal, I, I still feel like he's got a big future in European football. But I know something dumb's gonna happen yeah. down the line. Something stupid, whether it's a red card, whether it's a I don't know, a, a punch up in a man's yeah. face, he's gonna do something. Do you know dumb. what I will say? I think 
So I think having Partey next to him has definitely, definitely helped him to maybe keep yeah, a level head, definitely. but just it's a bit more. I think I don't want to. I don't want to like shame any of his other midfield partners, but it's a bit more like confidence within within, uh, within a partner, which is. Do you know what I'll say? Because I thought like um, when Partey came, I I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I've definitely said it outside of the group chat outside mm. of the podcast and like group chats and stuff I always felt like Ceballos and Partey was the best mm-hmm. partnership but since the two have played together and by the two I mean Jack and mm. Partey I'll happily stand corrected and say that's not Definitely. the case I felt like Jack and Partey complement each other a lot more I won't lie in recent times I'll be real I- I'm watching Partey and Jack together and I feel like they work very well together but I do feel like Xhaka's outplayed him. So far. Do you maybe know what? it's party like that. Definitely. I agree. But I'm just here to say how oh, it is. Nice. I feel like party will probably, you know, upstage him in months to come or something mm. like that. But so far, that's been the case. But I will say definitely them two complete each other a lot more than Sabayas and Party. And uh, I'll happily stand corrected on that one. Sabayas, yeah, that, that, that guy's kind of fell off. I can't lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's another story but yeah with Partey I think yeah definitely it's definitely a privilege to have him I'm watching him I'm thinking oh, this is the guy we've been calling out for just someone to to ease the pressure of Xhaka someone to carry the ball forward he's doing a bit of them he's taking a few shots that are going wayward hey let's talk about them shots bro because <laughs> they're going wayward I can't like because you see the you see the compilations and you see him putting it top bins and no, because he used he, he was solid at long shots at um like Ghana and um yeah. So it's like what I'm seeing right now is just I don't know what, what's happening. My man's long shots are never going. <laughs> Venga, Venga would be handing out them fines. They would after one oh, or two, their fines would be. I'm I'm pretty sure they find players for taking shots. I feel like that's something. Um, I feel like I can't remember where I saw it. I'm pretty sure. Pep yeah, Pep does, does it as well. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. So um, yeah, you know that what is it? Ninety nine percent chance. One percent. One percent fave. That's that's Thomas party with these long shots. Like someone needs to just tell him to just pattern up on them. Do a bit of extra training sessions after the normal even, sessions. Even I just take a yeah. touch, bro, and get it on target. I mean, the keeper work. Because I'm not gonna lie, if he gets it on target. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the keeper fumbles it. Like we've seen that happen a lot of times. So just get on target, my mm. guy. But yeah, but yeah, um, we won't spend too much time on this Arsenal game before people start getting mm. angry. But yeah, no, good deserved Arsenal win. Yeah. Um, obviously, it closes the gap between Arsenal and Spurs. I can't remember the exact points. I ain't got in front of me. I don't know if you do, but we it's, it's like six, seven yeah, points or something yeah. like that. It's Family peak with that. these results because you're expecting us to flat up the table, but it's it. <laughs> well, I, I was saying this in the group chat. That November period was like the damage mm. that's done is mm. unreal because since uh, Christmas time or Boxing Day, shall I say, Arsenal have literally been in the mm. top four on the form yeah. scale. You know, the games that have been played are in double mm. digits now. And they still find themselves what, ninth, tenth. Uh, again, I haven't really been checking the table mm. too tough, but around that area, it's nowhere near the top four that the form will say. And I'm, you look back at that form, and it's just 
it's just crazy the amount of like the, the effects think, it's had. I think it was because you know with like all Liverpool's results and even City's like toughish start and Tottenham going up and down. I think as and Chelsea as well. I think maybe we thought that we can ride it out and it's not going to have too much of an effect because the league's a bit crazy but yeah it's proved definitely yeah. I think it's mainly the draws I mean the yeah the draws actually we don't have many yeah I don't know yeah but definitely because it seems like we're picking up points picking up points but obviously the teams above us are doing the same so we're not closing any gaps too tough it's a weird old <laughs> but you know it should be very interesting to see how things, yeah. things end because Again, yesterday was was a big one. Um, obviously, there's still games against Liverpool, still games against Everton. Chelsea, definitely Chelsea. Um, Chelsea's literally not the last mm. three games, so that one's more of a kind of curtain race. Yeah, the running. What's, what's the saying? Yeah, but um, yeah, we'll move on from this. And before we move on to the next game, I think we should talk about the Wolfred Zaha Dean situation because mm. we've touched on this matter. Uh, previously but again might as well just now what's actually yeah. happened um, say so what are your thoughts oh, definitely just like the whole situation and the, everything so around it so with the knee thing like, I'm, I'm still maintaining my stance like it's more of a I know that people are saying that the message has kind of been lost or diluted but I was listening to I don't know if you saw on 360 TV that one of the guys that I don't know if he's like kick it out or somewhere like that and he was saying that although it may be deemed as a routine or something, it's, it's, a, it's a thing where it's still happening. Now, that's the point. So it's, I, I know, yeah, that's the thing. It is easy to get like lost in the fact that they're just doing it because they have to. But every, every time they still do it, it does remind me still that it's more of like mm. a, because it's, it's, it's not a norm, it's not an abnormal gesture. Like it's not, just a badge on the arm if it was a badge on the arm which they I think they don't know if they still have or whatever they do stuff yeah that one I understand that's just that, that's being neglected people don't even pay pay attention to that too tough but I think that action and especially the fact that they renew it like I think his name was something masters he's saying yeah all the players agree that we that we voted to do it and da 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 but with Zaha I think his case is different. I think there's a. Do you know the guy that plays for Derby? What's his name? Oh, his name's. His uh, name's left me. Yeah, something like that. He's he's obviously come out and said that he's not going to do it. I think their reasoning makes slightly more sense. But I know this sounds kind of mad, but them standing while everyone else is kneeling is more of a gesture in itself. Does that make sense? Because yeah. if if he was just yeah, standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But everyone else was, then it's kind of like it doesn't really make doesn't really make a difference. Do you see what I mean? It's that's more of a gesture in its yeah, in yeah. itself. Like it's two of them working together. Because then you're thinking, why is yeah, Zaha yeah, standing yeah. by himself? And then obviously you see the it's kind of like the standing uh-huh, tool exactly. Right? And yeah, definitely. But I what I don't like and which I'm afraid is happening is that the people who were kind of anti-kneeling before and then using this as a thing of like yeah even it's that it's that thing with yeah. this is more away from football but it's kind of like those black people that say racism doesn't exist because they haven't experienced it it's kind of like they're just using them as tokens for everyone 
But Zaha's reason is not because he thinks it's meaningless, he thinks it's this and that. He simply feels as if he's kneeled on, on Saturday against whoever he plays and then on, on the Monday he's still getting abuse. So in his mind, it's not, yeah. it's, nothing's yeah. changed. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that. Yeah, definitely. Nah, I fully hear where you're coming from. Like, again, this is a bit of a touchy mm. subject, so pretty much everyone will have different opinions and there's no real right or wrong answer. If there was, the situation would yeah, be sorted. So that's, yeah. My thing on it is, first of all, I feel like people can't really tell Zaha how yeah. to feel on a situation like this because, like he said, he's literally being the one experienced obviously a lot of black people go through racial mm. abuse and stuff but he's one of the more high profile ones where it's been mm. in the news we've seen evidence out there and I, I can't remember whether people got arrested for his one people definitely got arrested for Ian Wright's th- one but I'm not sure about I think Zaha's one did because I think Ian Wright's ones they were kids or whatever so they kind of let them off but Zaha's one I think they were you know, adults or like like old teenage, oh. older teenagers Okay, okay. So, yeah, a man like Zaha has actually been through racial abuse, so no one can really mm. tell him how to feel on stuff like this when it comes to these matters. Now, I agree with this. I agree with his reason and his decision to do it. I've actually touched on it in one of the podcasts where, cool, the whole kneeling thing, I felt like it was just to raise, raise awareness to it. The whole uh, matters at hand, uh, the racial injustice, the issues, all that mm. type of stuff. It was to raise awareness, make people know. And I feel like it achieved its um, its role in doing that. Because obviously, you're seeing people kneel before every game. You know, we've been missing out on football. So that little period um, when football came back, that first mm. two months, everyone was on football. You know, because you had your usual watches, then you had people who were also missing out just because they've gone so long mm. without football. So all eyes were on football. So it definitely did its job in raising awareness for 100%. Now, what I, the thing I began to not like about the need is just I felt like, again, there wasn't much progress, not much action, much education, much stuff outside of the need to actually fulfil its objective. People were kind of lacking on that kind of, mm. type, kind of stuff. Then it kind of felt like at a point, it was just like a sly papering over the crap kind of thing. Because it's just like the progress I've seen prior to the mm. knee compared to after the knee yeah. is not enough. It's stayed, mm-hmm. it's plateaued. And the only difference between the two is now yeah. you're doing a knee. So it kind of at a point looks like you're just using a knee to paper over the cracks without actually getting down to the actual issue. And that's what I began to have an issue with. My issue with it was further emphasised when uh, Les Ferdinand fully came out and said, I'm, you know, we at QP are not doing mm. the anymore. And so, yeah, so I, I feel like the message got kind of lost in that way. I feel like the actual message of Black mm. Lives Matter will always be there and will never be mm-hmm. lost on that. But I feel the actual message of attacking the actual <laughs> issue, that message, I feel like that was yeah. what was getting lost. And again, Zaha is a prime example of that because he's actually been through it himself and he hasn't really seen much progress Definitely. on that matter. So, yeah. 
And then what I will say on the reception of what Zaha's mm. done is I hear where you're coming from. And that's what I was also thinking as well. Because I was thinking, Zaha, you're right for what you're doing. You're right for what you stand for. And I'm, I'm behind it. What I need you to be careful with is... And it's got nothing to do That's with Zaha at all. That's like, the thing. Nothing. He, yeah, he has nothing to do about it. But he needs to be careful that someone of his following, his exposure, you need to make sure what your your opinion is on you not doing it does not mm-hmm. get lost. Because as you said, you don't want Zaha to be a token man. You don't want Zaha mm-hmm. to be a poster boy for the yeah. wrong reasons. Whether he wanted, whether it's in his hands or not, it can fall into that. I feel like, I mean, I've done my best to make sure, and many other pages have done their best to make sure that Zaha's reasoning mm-hmm. gets out there. It is not to discredit yeah. Black Lives Matter. It's not to discredit the neo. I mean, he said he felt he felt it was the greatest mm-hmm. stuff like that, but that's his personal view. But he's not actually discrediting the fight against racism. But more of a statement, more of a message that more does need to be done. And that message needs to run through because, as you said, we can't let it look like the other, the opposite yeah, side. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's like it's, yeah, like he's saying that it's, yeah, exactly what he said. I don't need to expand on that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, literally. So that's, that's my view on it, really, because obviously, as I said, it's always a touchy mm. subject. Um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Just be careful. Well, yeah, that's that's all I would really have to say. Just to kind of close it off is just be mm. careful, really, because you need to make you need to be aware that it's not uh, it's not in your hands. Yeah. These type of things, which the way people take it, definitely. And yeah, really. But should be interested to see if you know many of us follow suit. Also, just last point. I think then. Mm-hmm. It's also getting lost in in the sense that there's not actually fans in the stadium. I think that if there were people there and like like that moment of silence or whatever, react, I think people were clapping when there was a few fans there. I think it's that's yeah. also been definitely. I mean, the yeah, well, that's the thing. You definitely see more clearer reactions. Yeah, definitely. So regardless of what I might because I, as I said, I do agree with Zaha, but. I would actually like to see it. You're right. I would actually like to see it stay true, at least until the fans come back, just to see, mm. just to see that reaction. Really, I mean, when I say fans, I mean proper fans, not the <laughs> not the little not 2K or, fans. Yeah, <laughs> 2002. Exactly. Yeah. You know, proper, fairly full stadium. Because I, I don't know if we're gonna really have a full stadium yeah. for a while, but you know, about 75 capacity, 75 percent capacity. Then um, we'll see how it goes down next. That will be very interesting. That yeah, will be definitely, telling. Definitely. But uh, yeah, that's that's our take on that little topic there. But I don't know what, what else happened this weekend to be honest. Because again, we're running off the yeah, top of our heads. It was a pretty so. slow. Like even on on Saturday, I'm, I know the fixtures were not the best. Really, just a couple nil nil one nils here and there. I know City they. Dealt with Fulham, which was pretty unlucky for Fulham. You still hear me? Oh, uh, bro, you're cutting up. Oh, can you hear me now? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I can. 
but it's on and off. Ah, I can hear myself yeah. in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Yeah, to be honest, not much. Obviously, Leicester done their thing. The 5-0 yeah. win over Sheffield. Oh, we can chat about Wilder. I was, I was oh, kind of shocked. I don't know if... Did you post it slightly before, like, when the rumours were kind of swelling? Or did I see that somewhere else? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, I, I posted it when... Mm, yeah, yeah. It first broke out from a reliable source. I was like, am I like, misreading this? Like, happening. I obviously know the situation is dire. Like, the rock bottom they've not but even so I thought they'd kind of turned a corner in terms of like they're kind of going out respectively not respectively but putting, putting a fight up at least definitely so I was definitely shocked about the timing definitely maybe it was a bit like the um... yeah that's definitely. like that's 100%. like Fulham second Parker right now I can't I, I, I honestly I, I can't see much difference because like Fulham they're not guaranteed to stay up but at least they're trying do you know what I mean yeah Fulham and Sheffield they're actually trying the only side you can look at this season and say they're not really trying and I'm not even trying to discredit the players in that team but if you look at it they're just Mm. they're not going the extra mile considering the situation they're in is a Newcastle and West Brom I'd say just them two because you look at Brighton Brighton still play good football they still try to win games they're just very unlucky um, Fulham again Even West, like you're saying now, West so Brom they've not for them. actually been getting Sheffield smoked as you would think yeah. I don't yeah, think they're going to stay up I don't know yeah, I'm not saying I'll, I'll be right I don't know I, I watched it a couple of games yeah definitely I watched a couple of games at first at first when Big Sam came it actually mm. looked like yeah like they're putting up a little fight then I, mm. I genuinely think that Arsenal game that, just kind of just that ended all that. To be honest, because I think, yeah. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> I mean no pun intended, yeah, but definitely. it was genuinely a very wild call, like that, like, like, like because he was, as you said, still playing good football with them, fairly good football, not amazing football, but it's football that will keep them in the game. They were getting a couple wins, couple draws here and there. They were putting up a fight. And for them, that's the thing. The only thing I can assume, it must, it must, it must, it must be backroom, boardroom decision, sorry. Because there's no way he's being sacked on a performance-based team. I get it, there's 10 games left, but like, let's be real about this. Let's be real about this. It's not... What's the, what's like, the point? If like, not going to do it, no one's going to do it. The Norwich manager's name. That guy, he, he like done well with Norwich to bring them up. And then, obviously, sadly, he went down with them. But who better to bring them back up than the one who did it years prior? Yeah. With no, with no main, with no like major falling outs that we knew exactly. of. They're not getting smashed. Like I'm saying, like we're saying, the the Leicester game that they played, although the game kind of, I'm not going to say they were in it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Although they weren't getting smashed from early, early doors, the way they just capitulated, you could never, ever, ever see that happening under Wilder. I think the, yeah. I think there's actually a, a stat out there yeah. where they've never yeah. lost by more I think than it was maybe three on the wild Chelsea put in the Premier League. Like that. But that was that was a bit on that was yeah. Chelsea went mad that day. But yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah, something like that. Definitely, definitely. 
confi- but what's the plan, man? You have to. You just have to. Bro, think what's the plan? Crazy, cause... crazy, cool. I'm not... Yeah. Oh, this is why I'm worried about Sheffield because I look at their side and there's no standout players mm. like that, like that will can drag them out of the mud or anything like that. It felt like they were a very, you know, would you expect system-based side where mm. it was like. Chris Wilder built up a side, a specific side, to run by his um, style of play, his system, his ideas, his tactics, and it worked. For another manager to come yeah. and do that, I don't really see how that's going to really work, to be honest. You look at the players, as I said, there's no Lifting. standout players you can mm. drop a bit of magic or carry them out of the mud like that. Yeah, they had a, just a very specific side which suited Wilder. And yeah, as I said, I, just, I don't really know what the vision behind it was and I can only assume that he might have a disagreement that he has not been backed enough or something along them lines or something like that because as you said you mm-hmm. can look to the Norwich manager you can even look someone like Sean Dash. like they got Burnley got relegated they came right back up it really could have been the thing where Sheffield might just have to concede defeat I know they invested a lot into this season obviously because they've done well you can even argue it slightly is a bit out of Wilder's definitely hands, because kind of it was a thing of like success. his system got found out really his players I don't think his players could really hack the yeah, games yeah. every two weeks and yeah he's and I don't think some of the it was yeah it was definitely was like a bit of loan and inshallah yeah they, they had a couple good players like mm. that right back I can't remember his name let me find. Yeah, he, he signed from Derby. Starring Sheffield United. He's, he's like a light skin right back. But yeah, even even like Ampadu and then these guys are not really. Ampadu was a. You don't think so? Ampadu's been on and off. I feel like I've seen a couple of games and I thought, wow, this guy's amazing. Like mm. you can see the future for him at Chelsea and stuff like that. And I've seen a couple of games where is it Max Lowe's looked off the boil, mm. but the play the players are. Um, yeah, yeah. No, Bogle. no, no. There's another one. Boy, yeah, yeah, Bogle, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Them two have been solid, but specifically Bogle. But um, yeah, it's been players like Ramsdale and oh, Ramsdale has Brewster. Ramsdale was absolutely kind disappointing. Of disappointing Ramsdale's a whip. He's been poor for the whole season, but I'll, I'll give him slight. I'll give him the slightest credit. Yeah, in the but last you know. Two weeks. The He's thing is, you know, Henderson had his moment against Liverpool, which honestly, I think at the time I thought like, I know yeah. it's Liverpool and you could have got a draw against a champion or eventual champions, da, 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 but he had been so good all season. The way he got absolutely ripped apart by Wilder was so unfair. I'm thinking, is Ramsdale not really getting the same mm. treatment? Because after that, um, Henderson was back on his usual form. Like he was back to good back to how, how good he was yeah I mean who knows that might be a bit of special treatment going on who knows that might have been a deep that's the thing when it comes to these seconds yeah. you never really know unless someone comes out and just says it how it was but yeah Ramsdale yeah. just give me gives me like Pickford vibes like he's just like a, a new ball Pickford like but yeah the, she- the Sheffield second a while that was man but should be interesting to see how their season goes. Obviously, they got off to a horrific... You can't have got off to a worse start from such a decision. 
five nil to Leicester. Shout out, shout out to Ian actually as well. You know, I, I made my post in it, so everybody already knows the situation around it. But obviously, he dedicated mm-hmm. his hat trick to, to all the mothers out there on Mother's Day, number fourteen on March the fourteen. Yeah, it was a very very fitting day. Mum died at fourteen as well. So yeah, but other than that, um, I'll be real. As I said, this week we're running off the top of our head. Next week we'll come back to our usual selves. I'll come with the scripts and everything, and we'll, you know, do it as per usual. But just before we go, more Champions League, more Premier League coming up. It's looking. Therefore, I mean, it's, it's a weird one because I don't know. A part of me wants to do. Mm. Uh, Champions League on the podcast, but I don't really know how it's gonna work. Cause yeah, I have a lot of plans, but I need to remember that time. Yeah, especially now. Now it's around the sixteen. Covering everything. all the games is like it's, too much. it's nuts. Like it's it's just about I just about yeah. survived doing it on just a normal Instagram post. So a podcast, yeah, nah. If Definitely. if that does happen, you know, Definitely. we'll update you on that one, but. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, unless you ain't, you ain't got no more to add, we might as well end that there. Now that's been another episode of the One Two Podcast. Yes, also, myself, Jay, usual co-host, Dave. Rundown of all the drama that's gone down this weekend. But without further ado, we'll catch you next week. Peace.